Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey, TCK Potters, I want to give a shout out to Anchor, which is the podcast avenue we record with to bring you these episodes. Have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? When I was trying to get this podcast off the ground, I had a lot of questions. Like, how do I record a podcast? How do I record an episode? How do I get the Candlestick Kids Fantasy Podcast onto all of the apps that people are listening to? And how can I reach as many people as possible for free and make money at the same time from my podcast? The answer to every one of these questions is Anchor. Anchor is the one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. Best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. And now Anchor can match you up with great sponsors who want to advertise on your podcast. That means you can get paid to podcast right away. Gaining some revenue from those podcast sponsors is essential to making necessary upgrades to the podcast and your overall brand. I appreciate how user-friendly Anchor is and how we can record our episodes via our computers or over the phone, similar to a voice memo or a phone call, and we can record these episodes, edit them down as needed, upload them, and boom, the episode is ready to launch. So if you've always wanted to start a podcast and even make money doing it, go to anchor.fm forward slash start. That's anchor.fm slash start to join me and the diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. One more time, that's anchor.fm slash start. I can't wait to hear your podcast. Potters, happy Wednesday. Sky here filling in for Daniel this week for week five and six news and notes. As always, make sure to email us your fantasy questions to our new email address, tckpod at gmail.com, and shoot us a DM on the Instagram at the Candlestick Kids with the hashtag tckpod. We've got a lot to cover, so let's get into it. Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Uh, well, what we have here, Doctor, is um, is an extraordinary situation. Is it? Oh, you better believe it. Now, you listen to me. I want details, and I want them right now. I don't have a job. I have no place to go. You're not in the mood. Well, you get in the mood. You stay classy, San Diego. And thanks for stopping by. But mainly, stay classy. Thanks for stopping by. Stay classy. I'm Ron Burgundy. Let's start in Chicago with the Bears coming off of a bye. Jordan Howard, running back situation getting uh, very frustrating. Uh, Coach Nagy said, quote, um, Jordan has a big-time role, but if it's an advantage to us to go in a different direction for that game or that play or that series, we're going to do, to do that. Jordan is good with that. He understands it. End quote. I doubt it. No back wants to be game scripted out of contests, especially when the Bears put up 48 points on the Bucks, and Howard had only 11 touches watching Tariq Cohen put up over 100 yards from scrimmage in the passing game. 
whilst the Bears were up multiple touchdowns the entire game. This continues to be a head-scratcher and hopefully remedied soon. I'm a big believer of Jordan Howard as the player, but this situation is sticky and coming out of the bye better get fixed uh, quickly uh, when the Bears are able to salt away some of these games here. So keep an eye on that backfield. Moving on to Tampa Bay, another team coming off of a bye. Jameis Winston returns for his first start, and he is playing against a horrendous Atlanta defense. He is definitely this week's top streaming quarterback. So if you're looking for streamers and he's still on your waiver wire, I would go scoop him up. And even if uh, you have a better option this week, I would look ahead on your rosters and see who has buys coming up. If Jameis is out there, I would scoop him regardless because he'll be a nice spot start for the remainder of the season while he's in there. O.J. Howard uh, had a limited practice today in a knee brace, which is actually pretty surprising and a great sign for Bucks fans, considering that he was actually uh, supposed to be out about two to four weeks initially when uh, when his knee injury was reported with a sprained MCL. So keep an eye on O.J. Howard. I don't think he'll play this week. Technically, uh, per this recording Wednesday, he is uh, questionable for this week. I don't see him playing this week. I just think it'd be way too premature. Um, and even if he does, I don't think he'll be very effective. But keep an eye on this moving forward. He could be back sooner than expected. And Cameron Brait steps in as a good spot start this week against that Atlanta defense, especially with Jameis returning and uh, a nice pickup on the cheap for you DFSers out there. Ronald Jones should see some legit carries this week as Peyton Barber has basically thrown away a awesome an awesome opportunity uh, to really take this backfield under his wing. And he, he looked good in the preseason. Ronald Jones did not. Therefore, Peyton Barber got the job. But, man, Peyton Barber has not done anything uh, on this offense. It's been all Ryan Fitzpatrick early, and uh, now it's going to be Jameis. So Stash Rojo for now, I don't think he's going to be a big deal this week per se, um, but he could definitely come out guns ablazing here in the future moving on to indianapolis looks like jack doyle is unlikely to play this week uh, eric ebron remains a must start with 12 red zone targets converting four of those into touchdowns in the last couple of weeks ty hilton also unlikely to play this week with a hamstring strain chester rogers is slated to be the indianapolis number one receiver and has seen a total of 22 targets over his last two games without ty hilton in the lineup so uh, Chester Rogers filling in nicely um, for T.Y. Hilton there for Andrew Luck. Marlon Mack is on pace to play this week versus the Jets, but I would monitor, monitor this all the way until Sunday. Um, Marlon Mack has been questionable pretty much every week this season and been a last-minute scratch most of the time. So looks okay this week, but keep an eye on this before you you know, take out somebody like Naheem Hines or uh, or you play Marlon Mack here because this could be a last-minute decision. And on the offensive line, uh, unfortunate news, Matt Slauson, right guard for the Colts, has been placed on the IR with a back injury. Um, this only further affects the struggling run game for the Colts and puts more pressure on rookie Braden Smith to protect Andrew Luck. So this offense is struggling here, um, not fantasy-wise, but uh, certainly NFL terms and unable to run the ball. So this could only affect even worse. Quick note from New England, uh, Chris – Hogan is cuttable, in my opinion. There's frankly just too many weapons, especially with Edelman back. Uh, Edelman's here now. Uh, Brady is connecting with Josh Gordon. Gronk is healthy for the time being. Guys like uh, Cordero Patterson and Philip Dorsett are getting involved in the mix. James White is on fire. Sony Michelle looks really good. I just don't see Chris Hogan's place in this offense right now. Um, so he is cuttable on your fantasy rosters. Or you can stash him in a deep league just in case there's an injury. But I don't see it coming. Uh, anytime soon for Chris Hogan. Unfortunately, he had a lot of hype preseason. 
for the Titans, and some more uh, unfortunate news for the offensive line. Taylor Lewan, uh, kind of their stud offensive lineman, will undergo an MRI on his foot. It doesn't look good, and uh, he mentioned that he didn't have any power um, and just couldn't push off with any any emphasis there on his foot. Of course, he's trying to stay optimistic, and so is the team per usual, but it does not look good if he misses. Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry will be uh, even furthermore um, frustrating. Neither one of those backs has done anything this season to write home about in fantasy terms, and I'm definitely worried about them, especially if their lead lineman will be missing any time. So keep an eye on Taylor Lewan. For Buffalo, uh, Shady McCoy has had uh, some trade rumors, but Coach Sean McDermott denied those trade rumors involving uh, LaShawn McCoy. But the Bills are in rebuild mode, and I think, you know, Shady isn't cheap. So for the Bills to keep him around at his age uh, with the wear on the tires, I think would be a bad move for, you know, for LaShawn McCoy's sake and also the Bills. I think they could just dump him um, and get some younger prospects, potentially get some uh, mid-round draft picks, potentially for LaShawn McCoy and – Looks like um, he has had some talks with the Eagles, uh, have been rumored, and they have been aggressive gathering running backs in the past, i.e. Jay Ajayi, um, and they are in win-now mode. So they could potentially look at LaShawn McCoy. I think he's got enough in the tank for at least the rest of this year uh, for the Eagles to make a run, and let's not forget he did start his career in Philadelphia. Um, But as per this recording, uh, he is still a Bill. So we will see what happens. And Le'Veon Bell has also been rumored in Philadelphia. Uh, so they can't have both options. Maybe they'll have neither. But just keep an eye on this and buy low on Shady if you can stomach the risk. Because if he does go to Philadelphia, he could have some nice opportunity as he did have a good game for Buffalo last week. Moving on to the New York football Giants. Looks like uh, Saquon Barkley will play tomorrow night versus the Eagles. Um, I don't think there was any doubt there per se, but he was experiencing some back spasms after an awkward landing following a hurdle into the end zone Sunday versus the Panthers. So should be nothing to see here necessarily, but definitely keep an eye on this. He's been racking up the fantasy points overall, but more so through the air than on the ground. So keep an eye on on Saquon Barkley moving forward. Evan Ingram is already marked out for tomorrow's game in Philadelphia. So I um, I don't see Rhett Ellison being a factor here. Uh, they just haven't been able to get him moving, but uh, definitely stash Evan Ingram. Do not do not drop him by any means at the tight end position. I would just hang on to him another couple of weeks until he gets right. And good news for New York, uh, linebacker Olivier Vernon will make his 2018 uh, debut after missing the first five games with a high ankle sprain. Uh, this definitely can't come at a better time for the Giants as they're tied with Oakland for fewest sacks in the league. So hopefully Olivier Vernon can remedy some of that. For the Panthers, looks like Greg Olson is practicing and expects to play this week, which is certainly earlier than most expected here in week six. Uh, this comes just days after reporting that he'll have surgery at the end of the season. So that's a little concerning, but uh, he's a tough guy. And uh, if he says he can play, it looks like he's going to play. He is 33 years old, though. He did miss most of last season with an injury. Didn't look very good while he was in there. Already missed a couple of games this season. Um, personally, if you have him, I think you have to you have to start him if you've been waiting on him and he's on your roster. But 
just temper your expectations here for Greg Olson. He is not the Greg Olson of old, in my opinion. And I think the Panthers have just gone a different way with the run-based offense. I'm personally staying away from Olsen, but uh, this will definitely affect um, Christian McCaffrey and Funchess in general with Olsen in there if he can return to form as we've seen what he and Cam have been able to do over the years. So keep an eye on Greg Olsen. If you have him, you're starting him, but I wouldn't go make a big trade or anything to pick him up. If he's on your waiver wires, definitely go get him just in case he pans out, but I wouldn't be making trades for Greg Olsen just yet. Let's make him prove it. For the Miami Dolphins, Devontae Parker could play this week against the Bears, but he's basically been a ghost this season, missing a couple of games, hasn't done much while he's been in there. And uh, so far, this Miami offense, which started pretty hot, actually, has cooled off significantly as of late. So keep an eye on him and keep him on your benches for now, but definitely monitor his play if he does suit up. For the Bungles, John Ross had a limited practice Wednesday and is questionable for this week, but groin injuries are no joke and generally take uh, quite a while to get through and recover to the speed, especially for a speed guy like John Ross. I'm, I'm very concerned that he's going to be up to par with what he gives that offense, which is basically just deep bomb ability. Um, they have been just fine with Tyler Boyd and A.J. Green and C.J. Uzuma taking over for Eifert. So I don't think they'd be in a rush to get John Ross back. If they do play him this week, I would be very concerned about it as groin injuries, again, are are nothing to mess with and can certainly re-injure himself. And I just think back to uh, Stephon Diggs and John Ross's teammate, A.J. Green, over the years who have had some groin issues and have hobbled them at least. And uh, with Stephon Diggs has missed a handful of games over the years because of the groin issue. So keep an eye on John Ross. He's probably not being played in most leagues, but definitely a dynasty conversation for sure. So um, keep an eye on John Ross. For the Ravens, Hayden Hurst is looking to get more work in week two of his action. Um, again, the Ravens are deploying four tight ends right now. I see that in the next couple of weeks really fading toward Hurst direction. Uh, he was a first-round pick. The Ravens really like him. I think that Hayden Hurst will eventually just be the tight end to own for sure. Uh, I was really hyped on him in the preseason. I think he'll do really well. He only caught one ball last week for seven yards. Uh, missed another couple of passes. I just think he's kind of rusty and doesn't have the work um, put in yet with Joe Flacco. And although he is uh, older for a rookie, I believe he's 25 years old, um, he is still a rookie. So it, he missed a lot of time uh, with that injury to start the season. So I think once he gets the rust knocked off, he'll be okay in that Baltimore offense. And another frustrating uh, running back situation, Alex Collins, played just 31% of the snaps in week five, where Buck Allen saw 57%, um, which is not good for Alex Collins' owners. And John Harbaugh said, quote, a fresh running back is a good thing, end quote, but he's, quote, resting, end quote, Collins, while Buck Allen delivers just 2.82 yards per carry and 6.2 yards per catch. Uh, which are not good. Those are pedestrian numbers. At best, Collins is the better back. I think everybody other than the Ravens coaching staff recognizes this. Um, hopefully someday Collins will get 15, 20 carries for multiple games and he'll be able to get you know 80 to 100 yards and a couple of touchdowns. But for now, he's getting sniped. I'm benching him for the time being just to see what happens or trying to see if you can pawn him off. But I, I just, I love Alex Collins, but just like Jordan Howard, it's not the player, it's the situation. I'm definitely concerned. And frankly, I think John Harbaugh is about to get fired um, for this, this kind of move. So the Ravens keep winning, 
Uh, but you know, getting upset by the Browns last week and and just pulling this kind of stunt, I think uh, I think John Harbaugh might be on the hot seat for sure this year. And uh, if they don't get Alex Collins moving, I don't know what they're going to do. He's only a one year rental, so they could potentially get rid of him next year. But I think that would be a mistake because I think uh, Alex Collins is a legit running back in the NFL. So we shall see there for the Browns. Uh, Rashad uh, Rashard, excuse me, Rashard Higgins is set to miss two to four weeks unfortunately, uh, with a sprained MCL. So this is good news for Antonio Callaway, uh, Antonio, or excuse me, um, Jarvis Landry, pardon me, Jarvis Landry and David Njoku, I think have their roles solidified, but Antonio Callaway, I think should get a boost most likely with, uh, Richard Higgins out for at least two weeks, possibly two to four. So keep an eye here. And, for the Packers, it looks like Aaron Jones, um, another running back headache. Aaron Jones is the best back, I, I believe, in the backfield there for the Packers. But Coach uh, Mike McCarthy said he's uh, – oh, Mike McCarthy would, quote, like um, to get Jones more work, but there's more to the position than just running the ball, end quote. Frustrating for fantasy owners, but not a bad call by McCarthy. Um, he's right, and all three Green Bay running backs do give something that the others don't. Uh, this will remain a mystery, I think, until someone has a huge game and separates themselves. But in general, I still think Aaron Jones is the back to own right now. Um, with the injuries at the wide receiver position, I think Ty Montgomery is going to get more run out of the slot, less out of the backfield, and we all know that Jamal Williams is not – as good of a running back uh, with the ball as Jones is. However, what Mike McCarthy is alluding to is that um, Williams is right now the better, you know, um, pass blocker, which is very important. Obviously, with your franchise, Aaron Rodgers already hobbled. You need to keep keep him upright. So as long as uh, Williams can keep um, linebackers from hitting. Aaron Rodgers, I think uh, Aaron Jones will be splitting carries. But once they once they give him the keys of the car, I think he will be all right. So definitely stash Aaron Jones. Moving forward, the Lions, a uh, quick note, they're on a bye this week. Their next game is uh, in week seven versus Miami. But quick note on on Johnson. We'll hear more about this in the next couple of weeks. They're probably not going to disclose much over the week bye. But um, he – it says that he's fine after a hiccup with his ankle on the sideline following a nice run. Uh, it's kind of to be determined whether it's a high ankle sprain, which would be kind of the three, four plus week variety or a low to uh, low to mid ankle sprain, which could be essentially one to two weeks. Um, again, Detroit's on a bye, So we're probably not going to hear much about this, but carry on Johnson looks really good when he's healthy and he's a wide receiver or wide receiver running back to moving forward with upside and uh, again, as we saw, I just I'm not worried about LeGarrette Blunt. I'm not worried about um, Theo Riddick in that offense. I think that carry on is definitely the back to own. So uh, they're on by this week. So you're going to sit him anyway, but definitely monitor this moving forward next week versus Miami. For the Jacksonville Jaguars, Leonard Fournette. My goodness. Um, as I was writing these notes, I got word pretty. I think we all got word pretty early that uh, Leonard Fournette um, was going to be out pretty immediately for week six, which is not a surprise. Didn't play last week either. Hasn't played a couple of these weeks. He's only played two games a season. But um, as I was doing these notes, I got an update that he's actually looking to be out until week 10, potentially sources close to the Jaguars 
think that they might just hold him out through the week nine buy for the Jags. Um, so basically, you know, Leonard Fournette's first game back may be week 10. So keep an eye here uh, on Fournette's part. He's only played two games this season, as I mentioned, and has left early with injuries, amassing only 20 carries for 71 yards, no touchdowns. So he hasn't been very effective anyway. Obviously, he's been hurt. We saw what he did last year. He's a beast. But this is kind of like a Dalvin Cook situation where they might just have to scratch him most of the season and take it off and get him ready for next year because he is certainly not right. Leonard Fournette. Uh, fire up TJ Yeldon in his place as a running back, too, with upside for sure. Because of Leonard Fournette's injury and Corey Grant being on the IR, the Jaguars have signed Jamal Charles, the longtime chief and uh, Bronco last year, Jamal Charles, to a one-year contract to see what he can do. Not a fantasy option at this point, but with Fournette out uh, for who knows how long, really, um, you know, looks to be at least another week, probably, you know, till week 10. Um, and Corey Grant on the IR and Yeldon, not exactly Iron Man himself. Charles could find himself in some good, good timeshare in the next couple of weeks. So keep an eye here. And basically, Jamal Charles was Le'Veon Bell before Le'Veon Bell uh, back in the heyday. So he's now 31. Um, so I don't expect any of that, you know, blow up potential. However, he did post a pretty solid 4.28 yards per carry behind a horrendous uh, Denver offense last year so keep an eye on uh, keep an eye on on Jamar, Jamal Charles and and to quote my boy JP from Angels in the Outfield it could happen for the Chiefs um, my only notes here for the Chiefs are the Chiefs are healthy and undefeated good vibes and Casey Mo. so Chiefs fire them up they're looking just fine not worried about the Chiefs moving on the Broncos have uh, really been featuring Cortland Sutton in the end zone, which I love to see. I think the the rookie is, I think he's already the best receiver personally <laughs> in that receiving core with, uh, I mentioned on a previous podcast with uh, Emmanuel Sanders and Demarius Thomas at this point of their career. I think Cortland Sutton is already better than both of them. And he's technically still the wide receiver three on the depth chart, but I think he's passing Demarius Thomas very quickly. And if he can come down with some of these touchdowns, I think he'll pass up Emmanuel Sanders as well. Cortland Sutton has seen seven end zone targets compared to uh, two combined from Sanders and Demarius Thomas. So definitely the big body down to that Case Keenum likes to look for in the end zone, which is very promising. Philip Lindsay is definitely the lead back. Uh, so far, and out-touched Royce Freeman 15-8, to despite Coach Lance Joseph saying that he wanted to get more touches for Freeman. Coach speak is bullshit 90% of the time. When you're reading those quotes and everything, take it for a grain of salt unless it's bad. If it's bad, like they say, you know, Royce Freeman's terrible, I don't want him playing, then they're probably not going to play him. But something that's good, like, oh, yeah, we got to get him fired up. I want to get him more carries, yada, yada. The coach has all the power to make it happen. If they're not making it happen, there's a reason for that. I would stay away from the coach speak here. Uh, Freeman has single-digit touches in three of his four games uh, this season, so not not looking good for Freeman. I'm really concerned and disappointed here because I love Royce Freeman, as I've mentioned multiple times on the podcast. Former Oregon Duck, right down the street from my house. I'm a I'm a uh, you know Oregon alum and and uh, love the Ducks. But I'm very concerned here about Royce Freeman, at least this year. I think next year, once he gets a year under his belt, depending on what happens with Philip Lindsay, they'll get rid of Devontae Booker. And I think 
Freeman could maybe be the guy next year, but it looks like with barring an injury, he's not going to be that guy that everybody drafted in the fourth round this year. So disappointing to see what, what happens with Freeman, but keep check on that. And the Broncos face the Rams anyway next week. So no thanks there. I'm not firing anybody up on that Broncos team for the Jets. Quincy Anunua had no catches last Sunday against Denver. Um, and after the game, it was revealed that Quincy was actually dealing with an undisclosed hand injury. So he's risky at best. Um, until we learn more, I would just sit him. Uh, he looked really good for a couple couple weeks there to start the season uh, before Robbie Anderson was able to get on the same page. But we saw last week, it was only three catches, so I'm not too high on Robbie Anderson yet. But if Sam Darnold is willing to ch start chucking the ball down the field, getting more comfortable as the season starts, we could definitely see some big things from Robbie Anderson. Uh, we could possibly see Terrell Pryor have a resurrection. And I think that could uh, uh, potentially affect Quincy Anuno, especially if he's hobbled by a hand injury. So keep an eye there. For Atlanta, Matt Ryan went or underwent, excuse me, an x-ray on his foot. Uh, he seems to be just fine and he looks to bounce back against the league worst defense in Tampa Bay after a disappointing performance versus the Steelers. So I expect a big week this week for uh, Tampa Bay and all the weapons uh, on Jameis' side, but likewise for Atlanta and Matt Ryan. I think a huge game's coming for Julio Jones. Um, I think this could just be a, a massive, massive shootout here. So you're firing up Matt Ryan. He, he, he should be fine, but definitely something to monitor as Matt Ryan has been very, very durable during his career. Uh, Devonta Freeman did, uh, did not practice Wednesday. Um, and he's now nursing a new foot injury, not his knee injury that kept him out for the last three games. So this is very concerning. Of course, uh, this is another rough backfield here in Atlanta. Um, <laughs> It's a mess with and without Devonta Freeman. So, I mean, really the only thing the Falcons can do here is just feed Julio. I mean, Calvin Ridley, Muhammad Sanu, uh, Austin Hooper even, they should just throw the shit out of the ball uh, against this Tampa Bay offense. So I expect big things for the passing attack here um, with Matt Ryan and those receivers in Atlanta this week versus the Bucks. Your weekly um, kind of Steelers drama. Uh, I'll start with James Conner and kind of move into – Le'Veon Bell here. Um, James Conner got a, a relieving um, boat of confidence from Big Ben this week, actually, which is nice to hear. Um, when asked by the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette about Conner's role in the Steelers' offense once Le'Veon gets back in week eight after next week's bye, uh, Big Ben said, quote, James should not go on the shelf by any means. I think Le'Veon's one of the best in the business. I think we all understand that and can agree on that. But when Le'Veon comes back in no way, shape, or form, should James just say, okay, it's all yours. I'm going to sit back and wait until you need me. And I will push for James to get as much run as he can because we've seen him do great things from all phases uh, of football. He's picking up blitzes, he's catching the ball, and he's running hard and making plays and playing with passion. So we need to keep using that, end quote. This is a great sign for Connor, obviously but possibly mildly concerning for Lev Bell. Um, Le'Veon is a surefire top three back in the league when healthy, of course, but the team isn't very happy with him. We saw all the comments from his linemen uh, early in the season when he was having you know, contract issues. Um, Mike Tomlin has been very quiet saying that he doesn't have any reports you know, constantly, but who knows what's going on there. Uh, obviously, Le'Veon's been holding out all the, the whole offseason, the whole preseason, and, and up until looks like week eight 
at the earliest. Um, he's been away from football and the team since last season. And we all saw last year him start off rusty for the first three to four games. If that happens again, plus not getting involved until week eight, we're looking at possibly week 11 or 12 until Le'Veon's in full swing. And even then, potentially in a timeshare, as opposed to his general workhorse role that we've seen him take the last couple of years. So there's much to be decided here, of course, um, but it's getting more interesting as the weeks go on. And, you know, let's not forget that, you know, whether they're true or not, there have been some subtle trade rumors involving Bell uh, over the last couple of weeks. The Jets, the Eagles, the Colts, the 49ers have all kind of been in the mix. So... I think all of those would be a good fit for Le'Veon Bell. I'm not sure any of those teams are actually going to bite because they have to basically wear his contract and potentially look to re-sign him next year, which is just a big, hefty move there. So I'm not sure that's going to work. I think Le'Veon Bell becomes a Steeler week eight, and I think he, they ride him out the rest of the year. Now for fantasy playoffs, Le'Veon Bell could be prime, fresh legs, and you only need him for week 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 anyway. But again, risky. There's a lot of trade talks in fantasy circles of do you get rid of James Conner? Do you buy James Conner? Do you get rid of Le'Veon Bell? Do you buy Le'Veon Bell? Yikes. I don't really know. I think we'll talk a little bit later in the week when I get uh, Daniel and Curly here on the podcast a little bit more. And, and I think we'll discuss that more next week in the bye. Um, once the Steelers are on bye next week, uh, when we see him back at practice and things to make sure that he's actually coming in. But this is uh this has kind of been a, a headache. I just hope he comes back, plays some football, and I hope James Conner keeps the value because he's been a beast and I'm rooting for him as a person anyway. So James Conner is the future of the of the Steelers, but for this year and the remainder of the season, Le'Veon Bell could definitely have something to say about that. The Oakland Raiders, uh Amari Cooper, uh one catch, ten yards, one target, as I've mentioned on Tuesday. Um he has either had less than twenty yards or over one ten. I'll say that again. He's had either less than 20 yards or over 110 yards on the season. It seems to battle, go back and forth each and every week. If that trend continues, he'll explode this week in London versus Seattle, but I seriously doubt it. I've made numerous claims, not feeling Amari Cooper. I don't want Amari Cooper. Um, Daniel, you know... <laughs> made a big a big stink about all these receivers that he wanted to start or, or excuse me start Amari Cooper over last week. Uh we'll see we'll see how he feels about that now. For the Chargers, Austin Eckler on a positive note here. Austin Eckler has been averaging uh 80 yards per game um total 80 total yards per game and just over half a touchdown as well. Um which is great as a backup running back for sure in that uh potent Chargers offense. He's a running back too, moving forward for sure, and definitely a wide receiver. Wide receiver, excuse me, a running back one. Um, if anything were to happen to Melvin Gordon and Tyrell Williams, uh, who had a has had two bigger games here instead of Mike Williams. Uh, Tyrell Williams has only had three targets though for the third game this season. So I just want listeners to kind of not be too scared about Mike Williams. I think he's been kind of scripted out, had better coverage, yada, yada. Um, Mike will, or Tyrell Williams is definitely a deeper, they call him the gazelle. He's kind of more of that just like, you know, fly down the field and we'll connect on a 50 yard bomb once a week. I think Mike Williams is still that red zone option. Um, so I would hold tight on Mike Williams still moving on to the Vikings. Uh, the Vikings are looking incredible. 
on offense. Um, and I don't see them slowing down anytime soon. Uh, Adam Thielen, uh, once again, Adam Thielen is the first player in the Super Bowl era um, to have five 100-yard games to start a season. I had mentioned that on Tuesday. And um, also he has as many targets as Antonio Brown at 65, but Thielen has 12 more receptions. So um, he has as many targets, but 12 more receptions than Antonio Brown. Very impressed with Adam Thielen. So just mentioning that he is as advertised. He and um, Diggs are both uh, wide receiver ones right now, and I see that continuing. I don't see it slowing down at all. They don't have a run game in Minnesota, which we all thought was going to happen. And uh, Dalvin Cook is questionable again this week. Um, he's a shaky play even if he suits up. I don't think he will, but keep an eye on this. Uh, he just he, he looks off. Um, Daniel mentioned this last week that, that, that when you look at press conferences or you see him kind of, uh, you know, post-game interviews and things, he just doesn't look right. He looks bummed. He looks out of sorts. He looks disappointed and depressed that he's hurt. He knows he's hurt. And that's not a good sign, man. Body language is everything. So unfortunately for Dalvin Cook, he's not looking good. But this offense in the passing game looks pretty incredible. So fire up your Vikings. For the Eagles, more uh, disappointing running back news. Uh, Jay Ajayi tore his ACL, um, came out after the game last week, and he actually did play on it uh, for the rest of the game, which is uh, concerning. But um, he did suffer a torn ACL. He is done for the season. Therefore, it looks like um, Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement will split carries in Ajayi's absence um, with him on the IR and this isn't surprising, but something to keep an eye on is there are mixed reports all over giving kind of nods to both running backs as the top dog um, with Sproles out for week six as well. I think, you know, you can fire both of them up, uh, Clement and Smallwood as uh, RB2s or um, flexes, especially if you have, a, you know, Kamara, um, Ingram, on Johnson, you know, some of these guys on by, you might need a spot fill this week anyway, so we'll see what's up. Um, head coach Doug Peterson said that Corey Clement is good to go after missing the last two games. So, again, you know, he seems healthy. Smallwood looks pretty good in his limited roles. I'm not really sure. I think I picked up – well, I did pick up Smallwood this week um, over Corey Clement personally. I just think that he's better, and I'm a little bit worried about Corey Clement's hamstring issue. Uh, so I went with Smallwood, but I think both of them are a flex RB2 consideration tomorrow night's game against the Giants. For the Cardinals, um, this is just some – it's not like sad doom and gloom news yet, but I'm just kind of disappointed to review – or um, disappointed to report, rather, that in my opinion, uh, this may be kind of, you know, be the end for uh, the future Hall of Famer. Larry Fitzgerald, um, he does not have a touchdown yet this season, which is the first time in 15 years he'll enter week six without a touchdown. Um, he's been injured weekly, and the Arizona offense completed only 10 passes last week. Still beat the Niners, mind you. Fucking ridiculous. But they completed only 10 passes last week. This could unfortunately be a sad finale for Larry Legend. So keep an eye on this. I, I know that uh, Daniel and I were talking about dropping him. I dropped him in a standard league. In standard leagues, I would definitely drop Larry Fitzgerald for sure. In PPR leagues, if you're holding out hope, stash him on your bench, see what happens maybe another couple of weeks. I think Josh Rosen is going to get it together soon. Again, he's only played it, you know, a couple of games here, but 
you know, not looking good for Larry Fitz. Um, but keep an eye on Christian Kirk. And if you're dropping Larry Fitz, you may want to pick up Christian Kirk. He had only uh, three catches, I believe, three, four catches last week. Caught a deep bomb, so we'll see what happens. But Christian Kirk and uh, Josh Rosen do have some rapport from back in the day. So, unfortunately, I think uh, Larry Fitz has has potentially reached the end here with age and injuries mounting up, which is too bad because he's been one of my favorite players forever. Class act, wonderful human being, um, does a lot for the world in general off of the football field. He's a great dude. But uh, unfortunately, I think the uh, the road is coming to an end here for Larry Fitzgerald. For the Niners, Dante Pettis is is marked out already for uh, week six. Um, I don't think many people are starting him, but just just mentioning that he was kind of a hot waiver pickup when Marquise Goodwin went out a couple weeks ago. Marquise Goodwin, for his part, is questionable for Monday Night Football. We'll see what happens with him. And Matt Breida suffered a mid-ankle sprain and left the stadium in a walking boot. He's doubtful for the Green Bay matchup on Monday Night Football and possibly out for three to four weeks. Uh, but this is not as bad as it as it could have been. Um, if he suffered a high ankle sprain, he would have definitely been out three to four weeks, possibly six. Uh, so this is potentially good news for the Niners, but I I do not like the sound of this. Brita has been basically banged up for, you know, the first five games. Um, he, he led the league in rushing uh, over the first four weeks, but he's been slowed down the last couple of weeks. And, um, just, you know, 61 total yards last week before his injury. I'm definitely worried. And the Niners are just destroyed with injuries this year. I mean, it's it's getting pretty bad. So Alfred Morris, out of necessity, becomes an RB2. You can always also fire up Kyle Juszczyk, uh, technically a fullback, but kind of a hybrid player that you could fire up. Definitely a nice pass-catching weapon there for C.J. Beathard, who likes to throw to his running backs. I would say Kyle Juszczyk is a flex option uh, for the next three to four weeks, uh, assuming Brita is out. And definitely this week, Monday night, against Green Bay. The Niners are also working out multiple running backs, trying to find a filler for Brita. Um, among them, Andre Ellington, Turkandrick West, Shane Vereen, Matt Days, and Jeremy McNichols, who was actually with the team in the preseason. So far, only Matt Days has made the practice squad. The rest uh, did not make the cut yet. So not much to report here, but just kind of this tells me that they're not confident that Alfred Morris can handle a full, a full workload if Brita is to miss some significant time. So keep an eye on that for your fantasy teams. For the Rams, Cooper Cup and Brandon Cooks both took part in the Wednesday walkthrough this week, which is great news. And so far, both of them are expected to play this week. But keep an eye on that as they both suffered a concussion last week and left the game. If they are to miss any time, Robert Woods becomes a massive um, wide receiver one this week and could just potentially blow up. Also, shout out to our boy, um, unsung hero, Josh Reynolds, who could potentially get a huge um, increase in snaps, of course, in usage if he is to step in for a cup and or cooks. And if for some reason both of them miss, I would fire up potentially uh, their tight ends as well because this offense is firing on all cylinders and they need somebody to um, catch all these touchdowns from Goff. So, Take a take a look throughout the week for a cup and cooks because you're definitely firing them up in your lineup if they're good, but you're going to have to make changes last minute if they are out with concussion. So keep an eye there. For Seattle, Russell Wilson um, is kind of an interesting play. Of course, I've been knocking Russell Wilson the entire preseason and the offseason and so far this season because he hasn't really given me much to uh, congratulate him about throwing just 13 completions last week. Um, for three touchdowns. So he did get his touchdown, but just 13 completions, 
for under 200 yards, 198. He's only averaged eight yard, uh, eight rushing yards per game, as I mentioned. Um, but his upcoming schedule looks looks a, a bit nicer. So we'll see what happens here. I'll let Daniel talk more about him later in the week, as uh, he's got Russell Wilson in our league of record and the listener league, and he was really high on him in the preseason. So we'll see what his temperature is there. And uh, Doug Baldwin looks to get more involved in the Seattle offense after just one catch Sunday versus the Rams. I'm definitely concerned about the heavy run game approach affecting Baldwin and Russell Wilson, for that matter, uh, even more than I was in the preseason. In the preseason, I was I was worried about Russell Wilson and the Seahawks offense in general because they had no running game coming into the year, and I thought Russell Wilson was going to get destroyed, and they were just going to throw you know a nickel corner back there and just wait for him to toss uh, and pick him off and not give him receiving options. Now I'm concerned because they have too much of a running game, and the Seattle offense has only thrown 43% of their plays over the last three games. Um, so Baldwin is definitely risky, and and keep an eye on him and Russell uh, as they have had a track record for starting slow in seasons and catching fire late. Of course, we remember, I believe it was 2015, when uh, they were just molten lava to end the season over the last five to seven games. So keep an eye on this, but I, I just want to mention that I know that Daniel uh, actually sat uh, Russell Wilson for Blake Bortles and... Um, it was Dalton, I believe, last week. So if you're having to make some of those decisions, just just know that uh, the, the Seahawks are looking to run. Pete Carroll likes to run. Last year they couldn't find the replacement for um, Marshawn Lynch. This year with Chris Carson and Mike Davis, I think they have. So keep an eye on this because this could definitely hurt Russell Wilson, and he doesn't have that rushing floor that he has had in previous years. Some uh, Also, uh, disappointing news for the – Seahawks in general. This isn't really fantasy relevant per se, but linebacker KJ Wright will miss his sixth straight game after a preseason knee injury. He's yet to play this season and the Seahawks could use him badly, but he is not yet going to return. So uh, just a hole there in the Seattle defense will continue to keep an eye there. And of course, um, they are out uh, Earl Thomas for the season as well. A couple games left here, um, or teams rather. Uh, Dallas looks like uh, Sean Lee is expected to miss another game in week six, which is a, a big blow to the middle of that um, Dallas defense. Uh, Sean Lee is a beast when he's on the field, but injuries have really hindered his career in general. Uh, he's missed 23 games since 2010, not including the entire season in 2014. So unfortunately for Sean Lee, he just can't stay healthy for uh, the Texans. Um, Looks like Deshaun Watson suffered kind of an undisclosed chest injury um, after the game versus Dallas last week, and he is expected to play this week versus the Bills, um, but just something to keep an eye on. I think he's going to be just fine. Uh, the The Texans need a win here, and um, I, I think Deshaun's going to be just fine, but just keep an eye on that because he got absolutely destroyed about five times running the ball uh, inside the red zone, trying to trying to scramble in for a touchdown four different times, and he just uh, wasn't able to do so. So keep an eye there on Deshaun. And Lamar Miller, um, who didn't play last week, uh, expects to play this week uh, versus the Bills. And this is actually kind of bummer news, in my opinion, um, for Alfred Morris especially, uh, who looked really good in week five on 28 touches for – 
119 total yards. Um, I expect a timeshare here as Miller has been subpar at best so far. And Alfred Blue has actually shown the ability to step up when needed. So um, until, you know, Devontae Foreman comes in, they have to use Lamar Miller technically. But, man, he has been so frustrating, man. I own him in our league. I picked him late thinking he was going to be better. He's just not. Um, he's, you know, basically averaging like two yards a carry, which is just pitiful. So, Bummer to Alfred Blukes. I think he's a much better back right now than Lamar Miller, but we shall see. Uh, maybe he can he can snap out of it here. Maybe he's been battling injuries we don't know about. So we'll see what happens with Lamar Miller. With the Redskins, uh, looks like Chris Thompson uh, left the game with a rib injury. He's questionable for week six. And Adrian Peterson is questionable for Sunday's game as well versus the Panthers uh, with a strained shoulder. Um, but I... I think he's going to play. Uh, Adrian Peterson's a, a, a robot, and he's played through much worse. So he left Monday night's game um, and surrendered two touchdowns to Chris Thompson and Capri Bibbs. Uh, there was kind of a flash to him off of the uh, kind of on Monday night football. They they flashed to him as as the, uh, the Redskins were going into score on the goal line, and, and Adrian Peterson was or maybe it was a fourth down, excuse me, um, that they were trying to pick up late in the game. And Adrian Peterson was on the, the sideline and um, they were kind of just mentioning like, you know, what is he doing on the sideline? We didn't know he was injured at the time. So keep an eye on AP. I'm firing up in, in a league, uh, filling in for um, carry on Johnson on by. So he, he'll play, but I don't think he's going to do very well versus the Panthers who are getting uh, uh, Thomas Davis back um, to fill in with Luke Keekley. So that, Panthers defense just got a lot better, but keep an eye on that um, in Washington. And for the Saints, quick note, they are on a bye as well. They don't play again until week seven versus the Ravens. But just again, uh, shout out to Drew Brees, um, setting the record for most passing yards all time, passing Favre and Manning. And in week seven, I very much expect him to join the 500 touchdown club as well, um, matching uh, Tom Brady's efforts last week. So keep an eye there. And uh, just a kind of a name to keep on your radar here, Traquan Smith, um, who had a great game, three catches, 111, two touchdowns on three targets. The rookie had a nice game, a uh, 62-yard uh, touchdown, which is actually the record-breaking play for Drew Brees. But keep an eye on Ted Ginn. If Ted Ginn sits again, I think Traquan Smith is a must-start in this offense, uh, more so than Ted Ginn if he plays. I just think Traquan Smith is, is younger, kind of more spry, and, and has that rapport already for Brees. He trusts him. Uh, so definitely a nice waiver pickup if you have Ginn for sure. And just really quick on, on Ingram and, and Kamara, I know a lot of people are stressing out. I'm a Kamara owner for sure um, and an Ingram owner in another league. And honestly, I'm kind of listening to trades for Kamara, see what I can get for him if the price is right. Of course, he's still a beast. I think he's going to be just fine. Last year, both of them were top 10 running backs. I think they're both going to be okay this year as well. I think Kamara basically just, you know, ran so much in the first four weeks without him. They ran the entire offense from him. He was a beast. And I think that they're just not going to have to do that now. They obviously didn't do it this week. So keep an eye there for um, Alvin Kamara and Mark. Ingram. That'll do it. Tomorrow, Daniel and I will be previewing the week six matchups. 
and their fantasy implications. Remember to email us your start, sit, keep, trade, cut questions to the TCK pod at gmail.com and DM us on Instagram at the candlestick kids with the hashtag TCK pod. Make sure to follow our Instagram stories throughout the weekends. And thank you so much for listening. Good luck in week six for Daniel Stancato. I'm Sky Guasco, and we are out of here. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.